Hello, governors, ladies, figures of the night. You clicked on it, so now you stop listening to it. A rando shots podcast with your right proper other human rando shot as your host. A socialist with champagne taste. Respect all the ways of the people with a mouthful of water. Nothing is better, nothing is wetter. Nothing can beat what you're about to listen to. So keep the downloads coming. The insults fucking flying. Sparing all expense in the machinations you're about to hear. And remember to keep your knickers untwisted and settle the price of your trainers. Because we at the Randall Shorts Podcast don't fucking care. Welcome to the carnival that is world geopolitics and all its inner machinations. I am your host, lovely, dashing, irresistible, stupid, and intelligent, capable and incapable as I am. Rando Shots. Appreciate you joining the mob on this wonderful and lovely day. The climate crisis is ever growing, governments are not progressing, the people are starving for content and maybe even food. Shelter is unknown. The future is completely uncertain, though scientists and Fallout developers have some ideas. But we are here in the now, and you lucky listeners have the right to listen to me travel about like a commoner on the affairs of the powerful, rich, famous, corrupt, backstabbing, polished, disheveled, and absolute fools that are those we call leaders. Do not fret. I will tell you nothing of their sort, because I am of you, the people, and that, oh, that you can bet, will make your listening experience great. Though if you are of legal age, a shot or two, blunt or bong, locked away sitting on a toilet, as you listen will definitely help, as well as grunting noises and pushing. All right, enough of this opening. Now time to turn things over to myself in front of the microphone. Hope you enjoy. And remember, Rando Shot's catchphrase, because we live in a capitalist society. Welcome, folks. As was said by myself and my British counterpart, we are a podcast of the people. So, let's get into what the people want. And the wonderful people over at Gallup News have released a poll containing some demographics for us to go on here. So, what is the biggest problem we are facing, according to this Gallup News poll? Why, it's the economy, of course. Is there inflation? Is there a recession? Did the government print too much money? What do the rich think? I'll tell you what they think. They could give a flying fuck because they are rich and always will be. They protect their own. But we, the rabble, have waited countless generations for this moment and the time has come. As we protect our own too. Yes, 
Yes, even the Karen who can't find the proper baby formula but does know how to contact 911 on three black kids on the corner. Though we have to talk to her about that. We protect the struggling couple that barely has time for itself due to the economic crunch of not being able to afford their rent without help or have any hopes of buying a home in the future. We support the former, current, and future college student overburdened with debt. Debt like no other which is gathering collectively to the trillions and trillions. And the feds can forgive it all, but won't. We support the struggling mother or father on EBT with three kids who cannot afford majority of their expenses despite working hard. We support the influencer trying to make it on TikTok with stolen dances from black kids and much less enthusiasm than they have. We support the sneakerhead living in his air forces and drooling now at the thought of the decreased cost of Yeezys thanks to Kanye's overzealous, idiotic, anti-Semitic statements. Of course, we support the Twitch streamers being screwed by Amazon and Lord Bezos with their revenue cut, big and small, of course. We support our own. Whatever color you may be, sexual creed you may adhere to, religious beliefs you may have, economic standing you may have, so long as you're not the super rich, and regardless of how stupid you are, so long as you are not outwardly or knowingly racist, bigoted, perceiving any ill will, we support you, each other, and we stand together. So let's get to some quick news story rundowns before we get to the juicy economic question and topic of the day. Alright, so Aaron Carter has died of unknown circumstances currently. May he rest in peace. He was 34 years old. Takeoff of Migos has died after receiving a gunshot wound to the head, I believe due to unfortunate circumstances. May he rest in peace, and I also believe he was about around 28. It is the time of the year for the shaking of political foundations, spam texts from politicians you don't know, emails for donations, and in some cases, widespread canvassing to promise the world and spook you, but provide nothing. That's right. Some of you are due for a new representative, senator, school board member, local idiot sheriff, or whatever position is open. Do you know your impending new representative? I hope so. Your future may depend on it. Iran is sending drones to Russia for the war in Ukraine, and North Korea keeps launching missiles into the sea, but not before passing over South Korea and Japan causing a widespread stir among the weebs and their originators. Prepare to be on the edge as the hermit kingdom might just end up sinking the whole world before the Russians can get to it first. And now, we're moving on to the topic of the day, the economy. Now, as stated, I have some polls that refer to this topic, but I won't rattle off too many numbers to you. You do not need them. You see the increased cost of things daily when making your normal purchases and even in your guilty ones. First source in this topic is of course the Gallup News Poll, which states that 46% of Americans can all agree the economy is a problem. But our second source is a Forbes article titled, 
top economic concerns for 2022 growth continues, but risks abound, by Philip Braun. Now, Philip opens with a quote, Government stimuli, central bank interventions, and the rollout of vaccines made 2021 a snapback year, following the shutdowns and mass layoffs that had led to a quick, deep recession in 2020. Now the current economy is unprecedented with strong growth, rapidly falling unemployment, and high inflation, but also a rapidly rising money supply, growing government debt, and ongoing pandemic. End quote. He then states later on in the article, The largest risk facing the global economy in the coming year is the policies of the Federal Reserve with regards to managing inflation. As I discussed previously, it remains to be seen if inflation is a temporary phenomenon, mitigating in 2022 as the Federal Reserve projects, or if we are entering a sustained period of escalating prices. End quote. Well, the policies are fucked failing. We can all agree on that. Interest rates are going up and the rich are still partying. It's kind of like the French Revolution. You see, when King Louis, whatever fucking number he inherited, was constantly partying while the people were in the streets fighting over a one million livre cost of bread. So to answer his Statements on whether the Federal Reserve can manage inflation, I say they failed. Horribly. I believe they called it quantitative easing, I call it quantitative nut-grabbing. And squeezing. And I don't mean squeezing like a lover with a specialized kink, I mean squeezing like we're fucked. And the rich simply just don't give a shit. Now later on in the article, he gets to a big crux. Though I don't think he explains it well when he's focusing on it. On the job and labor markets. Now he states, while job growth continues to be very strong, the issue is a tight labor supply. With more than 10 million job openings in the latest Bureau of Labor Statistics report, but only 7.4 million unemployed. This is compounded by the fact that 5 million people have left the U.S. job market since the pandemic began. In addition, a record 4.4 million people voluntarily left their jobs in September. If this imbalance persists, it will hurt productivity and, over time, undermine economic growth. Workers have been hesitant to rejoin the workforce during the pandemic and with aging population. Retirements are up. Against this backdrop, those who do change jobs are often able to secure higher pay, resulting in the recent largest increase in wages recorded over a 20-year period. These wage hikes are contributing to rising input costs, causing companies to raise output prices, feeding the current inflation rate. Itself an economic concern. End quote. Now, you see, he says retirement and worries about wage costs, but... We here in the Rando Shots podcast believe that is bullshit. Because the reality is a lot of elderly people retired simply because they could not get the means necessary to ensure their safety while working during the pandemic. And it's not like you're going to let them back into the workforce or like they want to come back because they see the way the world currently is and got out while the getting was fucking good. Those old bastards have never moved so fast or so quick 
never rolled so quickly with their arms. Inside those wheelchairs, as they prepare themselves for their golden years, only to exit them and realize that they are in Purgatory's waiting room, as the health system of America is so fucked, if they so much as fall and bruise their hip, they'll lose their entire 401k savings. Now, as far as the wage cost goes, well, that's a different story. He says that the wages being increased the most over a 20-year period has resulted in the cost being transferred to the customer with raising output prices. And I also believe this is bullshit. Majority of the companies who are raising their wages to 15, 14, 13, 12, $11 an hour are multi-million if not billion dollar companies or owned by one variation of the two. They have the means necessary and the income necessary to increase their price without making the customer suffer from increased wages. But they still do it. Well, why is that? Well, that's because capitalism allows them to fuck everyone without any repercussions. If you do the same thing in China, you can expect a knock at your front door from your local Communist Party supervisor. Failure to heed his warning will result in a knock a few nights later, one in which you will suddenly disappear. Many people will wonder where you are. Several months later, you will release a statement stating that you had made errors in your ways and that you have come to understand the way things work. Come to understand a greater good in uniting the people. Now, I am not for making people disappear, but I am for punishment when necessary due to exploitation actions carried out by those who have the financial power. And they shouldn't worry about cost issues. This is America. We are the world's greatest collection of consumers ever gathered. We spend more than the intellectuals who visited Mesopotamia in their early years. We spend more than the Romans who explained their decadence across the known world. We spend more. We spend more than the Chinese government spent on the Great Wall of China. This is America. We buy things just because we see them and see a nice fancy sign right next to it. Or because we see a fat man walking down the street, eating something, and we want to eat it too. But we are not being paid enough to consume at the rate we are used to. And on top of that, we are barely being paid enough to survive at cost skyrocketing just for breathing. The reality is, the price increase is not going to sustain the wage increase however little and incompetent the wage increase truly is. Because most jobs out there, let's be honest, the only good ones are the ones that require you to work 40 hours a week, taking up a huge portion of available work time as well as simple living time. And they don't pay enough. $15 an hour in most states is not enough to simply pay the rent, especially in high population areas, let alone consume. Do we still consume? Of course we do. I said this is America and we are consumers. We consume like a motherfucker. 
sucking up any item we can buy with a vacuum hose that is full of dollars and even when the vacuum hose is empty with dollars we still find a way to pull dollars somewhere out of our ass and stick it into the hole to pay for more consuming but we can't consume if we are not paid enough to live and consume and therefore creates the deadly spiral he was getting at that the economy is more or less eating itself but is it really the economy well of course it's not it's the rich the rich are eating the economy and they're taking 95 percent of the whole fucking pie and none of us can challenge them because we live in a capitalist society so let's go on to our next article from pie see what i did there or Peterson Institute for International Economics, with an article titled, Will Slower Wage Growth Dampen Inflation? by Jason Furman and Wilson Powell III of Harvard University. They state, over the last six months, nominal compensation or wages have been running at about 1-3 to three percentage points above their pace in the run-up to the pandemic. If compensation continued to grow at this pace for the next several years, it is very unlikely that inflation would fall to the Federal Reserve's 2% target and probably not even to a 3% target that could be an appropriate in place for monetary policy. So what these two are getting at is the costs are rising because wages are having to rise. But I bring you back to the question about the profits, record profits indeed. Multi-billion dollar companies have seen over the past few years specifically the two years of the pandemic when we were all stuck inside our homes and could only consume you see capitalism creates a space of limitless profitability but this is one world and while there are nearly eight billion of us majority of us have no spending power let alone time to spend money if we do have it we are overworked, tired, stretched thin financially and mentally. So why doesn't the government start making shit easier? Cap oil prices. Take over national markets and services like in other OEDC nations. Remove the expense so the citizen can spend. Perfect examples of this are the NHS Health Service in the UK. Internet services in South Korea train and transportation services in China. Different socioeconomic structures and setups and support methods in Nordic countries such as Norway. There are plenty of examples you could look around where the government takes hold of a bit of the economy to ensure that the people do not have to struggle or worry about it. Why don't we do that here? Because you'll listen to your parents or some so-called intellectual, unlike myself, who admits to being a fucking dumbass, but you're still here listening because I do make a little bit of sense. They'll tell you the same thing over and over. That this is a capitalist country and it is better for the government to take its hands off the wheel. But if that's the case... If no one has their hands on the wheel, at what point does our alignment keep us on the road? The truth of the matter is, America was founded with faulty alignment. 
We are always swaying one way or the other, left or right. Hence the whole point of the stupid two-party system we suffer under. So if the government's taking its hand off the road, off the wheels, of course, then who has their hand on it? No one. It is only a matter of time before the car begins hinting the little bumps in the side of the road that lead us to wake up. But still, because we are a capitalist society, no one is allowed to put their hands on the wheel. And as a result, one of the people in the back seat bumps their head against the windshield. Another person loses their phone between two bodies, unknown if one is theirs or another's. Then we start entering the shoulder itself. Beyond the bumpiness, it feels smooth. It's still the road. We can still see cars to the left of us, ahead of us, and behind us. But something is off. There are none that are directly ahead of us. But still, no one is allowed to put their hands on the wheel. We, the people, must sit in the passenger seat with our hands and our lap. The ability to navigate and properly regain ourselves to the road. Control of the ox cord, but no fucks given because capitalism. Besides, we are too busy trying to reconnect the ox cord, as well as the charger to our phones. As well as finding the car insurance and registration data in the glove box, as there is an inevitable accident soon to come because the person driving capitalism and our government refuse to put their hands on the wheel. They tell us things like this is a normal state of affairs and things will correct themselves. And they only say that because at the current moment, they're the closest to the road and don't give a shit about who gets hit first on our side. Now we move beyond the shoulder. Now we move into the ditch. And boy, is those first few seconds in the ditch wonderful. I mean, it's like trying your first shot. And I don't mean some expensive vodka like Grey Goose. I mean trying your first shot of the bottom shelf. You'll get drunk. Yes, you will. But you'll also feel sick. You'll feel like something's wrong, like you should have spent a few extra dollars. At the very least, maybe you should have just tried Fireball. You'll wonder if all those friends who invited you to come to Germany to take some Jaeger bombs and enjoy the fruits of beautiful economic labor and society gathered for the greater good might have been an idea you should have did more than think about but accepted. But never fear, America's safety plans and safety actions are considerable, one would say. We'll simply hit the embankment, the airbags will deploy, we'll ride it out a little rough and everyone will be okay. They were saying that before the pandemic, but the pandemic arrived, meaning we hit the embankment with very little chance of getting some airtime. And now, us in the passenger seat, the American people, are fucked, screwed, because we realized at the last second our seatbelt was not on. 
because we live in a capitalist society and we're told not to worry that everything will correct itself. The driver, the government, the rich, the capitalist lovers, well, they, they are having a slightly easier time than us because, of course, they always have golden parachutes and are always so distant from the affairs of the people. They ride out the accident with a high chance of survival. That is, until the car hits a tree that was in the embankment. I believe that's where we are now. Moments away from the car, lighting on fire after smashing against the tree, and no one is coming to help us, because we have driven across the road uncontrollably, side-swiping and clipping other vehicles. Because capitalism, that's why. And because this is America. And if our consuming doesn't get it, then our military will. But that only lasts for so long. That only benefits us for so long. Until we find ourselves at the end of the accident. So, what is the solution we see here on the Randall Shots podcast and in the people's eyes? Well, I bring you to another article, one produced by the AmericanProgress.org, which is titled, Move Fast and Think Big, Seven Key Principles for the Economic Package America Needs Now, by Andreas Vanelli and Christian E. Weller. Let's go through each one for our solutions and also give our thoughts. Step one, Congress needs to act fast. Put your fucking hands back on the wheel before this shit gets messy. If we are, as they claim, not off the road, maybe just on the shoulder a little bit, then put your hands back on the wheel. You are the government and you need to make moves. The article states many people and businesses have exhausted their resources and many others are on the precipice of bankruptcy eviction and foreclosure. Without quick action, a deeper and longer recession becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Oh damn, maybe we are just fucked. Their next point is, now is the time to think big. In order to reignite growth, the economic needs after a downturn that has lasted almost a year are vast. There is ample fiscal space. Getting the economy back to its full potential may require spending in the area of 3 to $4.5 trillion. This is an amount greater than currently proposed. The American Rescue Plan, even if enacted in full, will likely only be a very important first step toward building a strong, equitable recovery for the longer term. In other words, maybe the Green New Deal by AOC should have been what we got and not the American Rescue Plan by Joe Biden, a watered-down, if not 70-day-old, after-being-opened bottle of Coke. It's soda, sure, but with each sip, you notice, at this point, it's basically water and oil. We have the means to fix this country. We do. Step one is taxing the rich. 
Step two, stop getting our asses involved in the world economic affairs of other states, especially for extended periods of time, such as in Afghanistan. We were there for 20-something years and have nothing to show for it, but a lot of veterans treated like shit, tossed to the side, many of them dead, but this is America. In their next point, they state any economic package needs to include massive investments in public health. This includes money for the production and distribution of the vaccine, building up healthcare capacity in underserved communities, and paid family and sick leave so that people no longer have to choose between their health and their financial security. Protecting the public's health is the key to reviving the economy. Now. America had an extensive rollout plan for vaccines, but due to misinformation from grifters and Republican idiots, of course, many people decided not to get the vaccine. And while we do believe here that it is the people's choice to get or not get the vaccine, there was extreme tension in this field in regards to the vaccine. Tension that should not have been there because a majority of people who were in disagreement with things like the vaccine or at least mask were listening to people who were not doctors or at least biologists at the bare minimum or maybe a virologist. They were listening to people who owned HVAC businesses or were members of Fortune 500 companies or were from families that no doubt got the vaccine the moment it rolled out but refused to tell their constituency that they did. In going to the matter of paid family and sick leave, well, the reality is American jobs do not provide enough time for one to simply experience life. Not only is this included in time off from vacations, but of course, family and sick leave. Mothers and fathers must turn their newborn baby over to a stranger, usually a week to a month after giving birth. The child cannot even feed themselves, let alone make a sandwich. And yet, the mother and father must abandon them for at least nine to 10 hours a day to return to work like good little labor capitalists. And as far as the healthcare capacity in underserved communities, the entire health network needs a complete and utter restructure as well as nationalization. Because the reality is, if I go to my local hospital and they can charge me $30 for a fucking Band-Aid that I could go and purchase from Walgreens, at least 30 of them for the same price, some shit is wrong. If a father is being charged $3,000 just for the first touch of his newborn child, an emotional and connecting physical moment for the newborn and the father and mother, then something is fucking wrong. If the mom is forced to choose between pain diluting medicine, or simply enduring the chaos of childbirth upon her body and mental state. 
when the medical community has progressed to the point of being able to provide such relief. Well then, something is fucking wrong. In their next point, they say Congress needs to provide more financial support for those struggling the most. This includes added stimulus payments, but also expanded unemployment benefits that add more than $400 per week. As long-term unemployment is rising rapidly, and added unemployment insurance benefits are highly effective help for those struggling the most. Other measures include an expanded child tax credit, to $3,000 per child and making it fully refundable in order to target relief to families with children facing the myriad challenges of income loss, rising threats to their health and school closures. It should also boost the earned income tax credit to boost incomes for those who still have a job but struggle with added demands on their finances amid limited or no financial reserves. Finally, Congress should provide more money to raise the minimum monthly benefit and increase the maximum benefit from the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, otherwise known as SNAP or EBT, depending on which state you are from, by 15%. This would substantially lower food insecurity, especially among low-income seniors, veterans, children, African Americans, and Latinos. Whoa, whoa. They're sounding a little bit socialist. Now, we here at the Randall Shots Podcast, of course, appreciate to any degree, any ounce of socialism dipped into the well of the government structure, and we believe it is most necessary. There should be payment received to parents for a child tax credit, because a child in and of themselves is an expensive expense to add to the fund book. And while we ourselves do not have a child, I know damn well, I was spoiled, and I was quite expensive. As far as the increase in earned income tax credit to boost income for those who still have a job, but struggle with added demands on their finances amid limited or no financial reserves, this at the very least could have been given, because the reality is this. And not just given once, but always, because the reality is this, folks. You were being the labor capitalist monkey you were supposed to be, even in a time of advanced health crisis, and yet, you were given very little assistance for doing so, if not fucked even more, as many people were laid off around you, and their workloads suddenly found themselves on your desk in your email files, or simply one of your new job titles, the very next day. But did you see an increase in your income? Of course fucking not. Whether you worked for the state, a private institute, or a public institute, you received what we call an economic lashing with increased workload. And as far as the SNAP and EBT, Supplemental Nutritious Programs, which provide food to many low-income families. Don't let them fool you in the assumption that these people are lazy, these people are incapable, or that these people are majority African-American. Even if they state the term in the sentence, 
a good majority of the people on SNAP and EBT benefits are of white origin. And even still, we hear the Rando Shots podcast not being racist, dumbass, or illogical believe that they also should receive increased benefits as well as everyone across the board that is using the program as well as widening its acceptance market because the reality is you have to only work at mcdonald's in order to be accepted by these programs which is bullshit their next point is congress needs to fully support state and local governments with quick sizable and reliable aids State and local governments handle many of the added demands of the pandemic from vaccine distribution to helping those who have been pushed into poverty, hunger, and homelessness. They also had to make public health and physical infrastructure investments in education to ensure that students, teachers, and staff are safe during the pandemic. State and local governments will need quick and large help that they can count on for the duration of the crisis. Funds should go to health care, child care, education, public health, and other measures, but should also provide state and local governments with some flexibility to address the many needs of their communities. Congress must act to avoid a repeat after the last recession, when state and local governments cut spending and laid off people, contributing to a very slow recovery for years. I say do this, but do this only in states which are Democrat-run houses as those which are conservative will continue to fuck over the people. This is why some of the lowest incomes you will see come from states with majority-led conservative governments. Now, why is that? Well, it's because the conservative party is the party of the rich, whether you believe it or not. And while the Democrats are also full of a bunch of rich assholes who could wipe their ass with their own money and not realize they were doing it because they have so much. At the very least, they don't spit in our face and then wipe that doo-doo stained money on our face like the conservatives do. Congress should make a renewed effort to tackle massive and rising income and wealth inequality in their next point. Now this smells like lovely socialism. Widespread inequality will otherwise continue to put the brakes on economic growth. Measures such as a higher minimum wage, sweet Jesus, renter and homeowner protections from eviction, oh my god, foreclosure moratoriums, I think I'm about to finish, and added financial help to small businesses, I have just finished, especially those owned by people of color, another round, are long overdue, yes, another round. They just stated, all that is necessary without even trying and in such a short way tax the hell out of the rich and spread that wealth across america not like a petri dish spread it like a freshly baked cake that you're covering in white frosting and to all of you who have the slightly cringy faces right now you're extremely correct in their next point a second future infrastructure and jobs package needs to make additional explicit pro-growth investments the weak economic position of many businesses and households means that an economic slowdown can last for a long time 
A long-term economic recovery package should include robust, comprehensive investments in infrastructure that boost national competitiveness, raised household incomes, and reduced greenhouse gas emissions. The final package should include transportation, water, clean energy, schools, rural broadband, and affordable housing, among other sectors. When infrastructure investments are done right, they can lower household transportation costs by reducing auto dependency, increase access to employment and educational opportunities, and redress past discriminatory policies and projects that disproportionately burden low-income and communities of color. Moreover, federal funds should be targeted to those communities facing sustained economic hardship. Equitable infrastructure investments are an essential component of achieving inclusive prosperity. Additional infrastructure packages should support new sustainable technologies, advanced manufacturing, the care economy, and education. All of these investments would pay long-term dividends. In other words, spread out the wealth this great nation has acquired, otherwise we are fucked. And by we, I mean first, the low-income people are fucked, who provide majority of this country's labor and hardship experiences are fucked first. Next will be the middle class, which is already growing. And it's not growing for the good as if there is more millionaires, of which there technically is more millionaires, but not in capacity or comparison to the loss of the middle class, as most of them are coming to join us down here on the bottom of the barrel, scraping up the shit crumbs that drump from the top in the hopes that one day we'll collect enough in a clump to sell to some upstart fucking restaurant that will serve it as a small, maybe one to two fry dish for an overpriced cost to the rich who live at the top of the barrel and who can already provide majority of what they need not on 100% of what they currently take in but on about around 5 to 10% meaning the remaining 90% or so is nothing but pure golden fucked up profit exploited off the backs of everyone else in the barrel beneath them. And think about it. Would you want to be able to not have to drive everywhere? I know I would. Because gas is fucking expensive. And even then, I would much rather sit to a man smelling like poop on a bus than in my own car sweating my balls off as my AC goes out. Would you not want clean water? I'm getting tired of having to wonder if I should buy a Brita filter. Why can't I just cut on the tap and it all be clear water? And clean energy. Well shit, you shorted us on this when Tesla wanted to make energy clean and free for fucking everyone. You gave it to the capitalist asshole known as Edison. Maybe give us this one this time. As far as schools go, well, that's a topic for another day, but let's just say our teachers are being fucked to a high degree and our students are being short-sighted in many communities simply because the surrounding area does not have the economic level of the private institutes. The rural broadband matter, 
Why is it someone in Montana still doesn't have internet in 2022 unless it's beamed to them from a fucking satellite? And even then, 3 gigs is faster. Affordable housing. I was certain this was a right. All my life, thanks to my parents' hard work and labor, I have always had a shelter to come home to. Now as an adult, you are forced to more or less, well, barely make it. With many people, especially during the pandemic, finding out that housing was not a right. We need large, vast infrastructure and job packages. Because that is the whole purpose of the government, and many of you might think otherwise, but the reality is this. We give them the power, and we expect in return comfort, decent living, and respect, and they have given you none since the foundation of this country. You have had to claw for every little bit of it. These are all viable options, and the supposed greatest nation on earth with all its wealth, power, and might should not only be able to tackle these issues, but conquer them. Because we the people don't vote for lazy, incompetent, old people with no drip whatsoever to just vote. We vote for them to act and act in our best interests. And we the people have not gotten such push from our government in years and years. Decades and decades. How long can the stagnation last economically? It can't historically speaking. The crowd always gets antsy when material conditions are poor, and they are most often always poor because of the economic issues. So will they listen to the people? Will they reform? Will they act for us? Who knows? But now you know a little something about the entire matter. This is your host, Rando Shot, your dashing and committed host, speaking to the people, for the people, of the people. You can find us on many streaming platforms where you get your podcasts, such as just searching us up on Google, Spotify, Amazon Music, RSS.com, as well as several other podcast formatting locations. We can't wait to have you in the mob again. And remember, it is all because we live in a capitalist society. You have a good one, folks. Rando shot out. you folks still standing around for, eh? Get the calls in the reform. The Rando Shorts podcast will be back. I promise you that, yeah? Okay? Our host requires rest. A lay down and some tea. Stand together. Listen again if the message must be replayed. Be not afraid, people.
Reform and change are inevitable. And you have the bloody power. That's what you got, yeah? But anyways, to the next time on a random shorts bloody fucking podcast. Make sure you share, yeah?